January has officially been declared Portland Music Month, and now 21 venues all over the city have come together to put on hundreds of shows for a month-long music festival, which is great news because the pandemic stalled Portland's music scene for a few years. And that was especially devastating to a city where so much of our music industry infrastructure and economy is built around live events. So today on the show, we have Jay Pinky Jansen, founder of PDX Presents, where he diligently documents the Portland music scene. He also volunteers with a nonprofit that helped establish Portland Music Month. Pinky, as he's known, has gone to more shows this past year than most of us have even read through the show listings. So I wanted to ask him how, you know, how it was looking out there. How is our live music scene recovering? It's Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is CityCast Portland. I've never heard of Portland Music Month, and I've been here for over <laughs> a few decades. I'm curious, when did this start? Okay, so Portland Music Month is a, an initiative that I think began last year from Music Portland, which is a local group that supports the, the local scene in a lot of different ways. They host monthly meetup events. They advocate for musicians, even in government. They've got a big census going right now. It's just about to, to conclude this week. Yeah, they do a lot of policy work. I remember I was familiar with the work they did during the pandemic, making sure that musicians got relief funds and yes, stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. Um, but last year, they put together Portland Music Month as a way to bring more awareness to the scene generally and to help get more people into clubs during a historically slower month when it's colder and wetter. Um, so that's sort of the spirit of it. It's, it raises funds that they use for those grants and other local initiatives. So it all goes right back into the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been a, a great success. So you've worked in the music industry for 10 years, about maybe a decade ago, booking shows <laughs> and running websites for, for artists like Beyonce and, and Keith Urban, which is wild. But most of this work was done outside of Portland, like in San Francisco, LA and Nashville. Yeah, you got um, it. So although you've been here for over a decade, I still think you have a, like fresher eyes than a lot of us. What makes the Portland music scene different from what you've experienced in other cities? Oh, there's some really nice differences. For starters, when you're in a music industry town like LA or Nashville, there's a, a sense of pressure that many artists feel where you're supposed to want to become rich and famous. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to want the major label record deal where all of your dreams can come true instantly overnight. And to Portland's credit, because we're not an industry town, there really is no expectation that there's some mogul in the audience who's critiquing your show. And so you don't sweat it. You just play. You just have fun. You get to find your voice. You that, get to absolutely. take risks. You get to, yeah, be good. <laughs> be you just good. get to be good and have fun. You just fun. get to be good. Exactly. Yeah. And there's you know, clusters of bands too. Sorry to cut you off there. But, no, it's okay. Um, there's a lot of support. One, one of the great thing about what's going on in Portland right now is the artists themselves are supportive of other artists in the scene. There's not a lot of cutthroat competition or fear that somebody's getting a record deal that they deserve, but they got passed over. There's none of that going on. It's it's sort of little hipster pockets and groups that you'll see together at a lot of shows. And it just feels good. It's like you can be adopted into a group accepted by the cool kids. And it, it gives you sort of a platform, even as a, as a band that's just starting to play out. If you're plugged into one of those clusters of bands, then you're sort of part of a bigger family. And as a photographer, what I'm doing is I'll capture a bunch of photos from a show 
And then I'll put them together with a soundtrack from that artist mm -hmm. and giving people a sense of the sound, not just the sights. Um, but it is interesting when you see a, the lead singer for one band might be the keyboardist in a different band with a different flavor, but a similar group of supporters. And so just a lot of diversity and a lot of support. That's great. Portland is a, is a good scene right now. Yeah, you're you're basically that's what you're describing is a, is a music scene. And I feel like we haven't had a cohesive one in a long time. So that's wonderful because it's it's made by design for people who have that free time <laughs> or for people who are just experiencing what you just stated, that community that, oh, I could, this could be my life. But you've been doing it for so long, like a lot of <laughs> people that spend as much time in the music industry as you have tend to get jaded and you haven't. So, like, oh, no, what? I did. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm back, baby. Oh, oh is this, is this yeah, I took a 10 year rising? walkabout. Yeah, big time. I just wanted to hear your secret. So what happened? I want to hear what <laughs> the rebirth of Pinky. L.A. was I describe it as the ocean. It was overwhelming in good and bad ways. It's, you know, it was the biggest stars and and the greatest pressure and all the lights and the glamour, but super expensive and very cutthroat and not that fun. Right. So I moved to Nashville in 2000, and that was just the right timing and the right combination of talents. And so my early claim to fame was I would support an artist's website at no cost to them. I would do everything out of pocket. And in exchange, we had a revenue share. So I would keep about 30% and the artist would get 70% just for playing along. So basically, that first generation of my career ended on a high note. We sold the business. I had enough that I didn't have to work for a minute. Right. And I decided I didn't want to be a part of the stress of the entertainment business anymore. And so I quit and I started working in tech startups and other marketing things. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit and everything turned upside down. And I went kind of out of my mind crazy for a little bit for real. And I started listening to a lot of music almost as a form of therapy. And then I started watching music documentaries. And this was the tipping point for me. Uh -huh. I felt profound nostalgia for what I was blessed to be able to do throughout my 20s and what has been missing from my life since then, since I moved to Portland and quit it all. And being in this weird moment where everything shut down, everything changed, I just felt like, where is that right now? What are we going to be talking about in 30 years? But you know they'll be talking about the COVID era. You know people will have stories about... Their band had to break up because there's no more live shows. So everybody goes into their bedroom and starts writing songs. And a bunch of people start learning how to become producers. And the next thing you know, you have this new batch of mm -hmm. music, of art, content on the internet that is sort of exploding out all at one time. You needed to document it. I'm hearing, yeah, I'm hearing I just want to be a witness. You, yeah. Yeah. You basically, you're just like, this is what helped me get back yeah. to see these documentaries. This scene doesn't have that right now. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to uh, get that excitement. And so through doing it, it's so interesting how sometimes you somehow experience stuff a little deeper because you're out of it. And oh, so your yeah. Your ego is out of it. And so you're just in that moment. You got it. Yeah. I feel very lucky as a photographer, really very literally to be a witness, not only of this moment right now, which will help to build the local Portland scene, but as a gift for these artists, for themselves in 20 or 30 years when they're remembering the good old days, I want them to remember their history in an even grander light than they would have just having memories about a show. Yeah, and you've been doing a lot of research. You recently saw over like 50 different Portland artists in about five months. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? 
it's been awesome. And it, we really have an eclectic range of talent here, not only in the genres that are represented from synth pop to punk to hip hop, rap, R&B. Um, so just genre wise, there's a lot of flavors to choose from. And then the artists themselves, they're male, they're female, they're trans, they're older, they're younger. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are right in the sweet spot for high schoolers. Yeah. And we don't really have a all ages seen quite yet. Yeah. And they're the best fans, you know, like yeah. they're not allowed to get into these places where music is played. So there's something kind of naughty about seeing live music. You know, you're almost a rebel for wanting to see live music and as a high school age person and yet that's where our musical tastes are solidified those are going to be the artists that we remember most fondly into our adult years and for the artists those are the best crowds because they're just freaking out yeah you know they're not just polite they're they're excited and not only that i mean it creates and fosters a better music scene absolutely you have children learning about different styles of music and then it feeds their like you said their own influences and they make better bands yep all right let's take a little break here but when we come back i would love to hear your advice for people who want to go start seeing more shows this year So what is your tip for listeners who want to start seeing more local shows? Like, where can they start? So two parts to this answer. Part one is if you want to go see what's going on locally, you want to start with an idea of what clubs have live music all the time. And there's some really excellent ones like Lollipop Shop, uh, The Fixin' Two up in North Portland. Yeah. Holocene has a good scene. Um, Honey Latte. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a cool spot that you'd like to see anything, those are some good suggestions. And then if you're looking for specific artists or genres, there's an amazing locally produced app called Near Here, N-E-A-R-H-E-A-R -E dot app. You can find them on Instagram too. They have a daily list of shows and you can look by future dates too, but you can search by artist, by venue, by date, by genre. And that was enormously helpful for me. There's Spotify streaming for each one of the bands listed. So you can just get a quick taste. And if you find one that you like, then the last piece is having an expectation for, well, what does a show cost? Most shows are about 10 bucks. The, the higher end shows are 15 bucks, but that's the range that you're talking about. And there's a very good chance you'll spend more at the bar. Really, it's breaking down that feeling of intimidation, like well, what's going on and what's the scene like? And am I, I going to feel out of place? Once you do it a few times, you, you just sort of feel like nobody cares. Like nobody's looking at you. Just go have a good time. And um, once you start paying attention for even a, a short amount of time, a few weeks, you start to see some familiar names. You see that club again. You right. see that band again. And so now it starts to feel more intuitive and, and you can just roll with it. So like what Portland Music Month events would you recommend for this week? What I would recommend is that people go to portlandmusicmonth.org where there's a full list of all of the venues participating. And mm -hmm. if you click into each one of those venues, then you can see who the artists are going to be. Of all of the shows coming up, one I'm personally most excited about is happening on January 27th at Star Theater. And this is called Rising Buffalo. It's a group of uh, Native American artists of several different genres. There's rap, there's rock spoken word, but this is a group that is bringing 
a, a legacy with them. You know, they, they, these are true natives of, of this land. Mm -hmm. And also these are young people, part of this culture. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited about this show because it's unlike most shows that you'd see in most clubs, most nights of the week, but on the website there, there's, there's really a great list. Yeah. So you sort of can't lose to choose any of them. Awesome. Thanks for the work you do, Pinky. Like, as an as as an old timer in the Portland music scene, it warms my heart to know that the next generation is being documented, is being validated, you know. And yeah, welcome. Well, <laughs> I've been here for ten years, but you. welcome. Yeah, no, I, I feel I honestly feel like I've just arrived. And a big part of it is that it can be challenging when you move to any new city to find a social group. And then at a deeper level than that, people who really connect at the same fundamental root as you. So it can ma music manifest in many forms, but this is a group of people who don't just want to meet other people and drink beer, but really want to share their life stories, their talents, to be a part of something creative collectively over time. And so I feel very warm and fuzzy about it all. I'm glad that it's valuable, but you know, it makes me feel like a cool kid to take photos of the cool kids. So I'm just doing my little part. <laughs> And now for your microdose of news. Last week, we filled you in on the trouble at the county's public animal shelter where they temporarily had to stop accepting new strays and some animals were euthanized because of possible neglect. So now Multnomah County Chair Jessica Vega Peterson is asking for an investigation into the history of animal neglect at the shelter. The good news is that after the story broke, the shelter reported a surge in people adopting new pets and they no longer face overcrowding. And good news for all my fellow non-dairy fans out there. Stumptown Coffee, our hometown coffee and roasting chain, is now making oat milk the standard option for all their milk-based drinks. Oat milk has a smaller carbon footprint than dairy, and Stumptown says 50% of its customers already request it. So animal rights group PETA gave Stumptown a compassionate coffee chain award this week to celebrate the shift. If you'd like more than a microdose of news, sign up for our newsletter, Hey Portland. It's the perfect mix of local news highlights, event recommendations, and local life hacks, all in your inbox by 6 a.m. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Are you liking the show? Let us know at portland at citycast.fm. You can also call and leave a message at 503-208-5448. We'll be back in the next few days with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs>